a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. Use weapons that level and tie. Veterans Day is this Friday, November 11th. And to honor those that serve our country, we have a very special uh, military episode of the Million Dollar Plan. That's right. Even the people in the military need to be millionaires. That's right. That's right. Uh, so this sort of happened by accident, meaning that I, I don't, I didn't do a special call out for people that wear stripes, and uh, I, you know what I mean. Uh, not, you know what I mean. Anyway, like stripes. I, I think the people in the military wear stripes. I, I saw stripes with Bill Murray, so I just. The woman I talked to today is amazing. She blows all of your excuses and all of my excuses as to why we can't do what we do completely out of the water. Now I know what you're thinking, but she. But she, I get a lot of but she's a lot of the time. Uh, but she's, but she's. That got so awkward because it sounded like I said, but she's great. Learn from her and don't say but she's on the radio because <laughs> it doesn't. Oh boy. Um, here's, here's Monica. Stop what you're doing. Oh and hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. Question the right of any man to voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in, camouflaged by the scenery. But I'm a champion, revamp the camp again, put down the stamp again, talk to my fans again, renew my brand again. We welcome Monica to the Million Dollar Plan. Hello, Monica. All right, so I have to be really honest. I'm going to fanboy you here a little bit. I, I get sure. the, I, I get these uh, applications to, to be on our show all the time, and I read them, and my team reads them, and we all talk about them with each other. I don't think I've ever been more excited, I'm being serious, to talk to someone upon reading their submission than I am right now to talk to you. you oh. Like, I'm captivated by your situation, and I just want to be a part of it, basically. Appreciate that, and I'm I'm excited to get your advice, and hopefully, you know, you kind of set me up a little bit. Hopefully, I don't let you down. No, you you won't. I promise. So here, here I want in a nutshell, I want to tell you why this is so interesting. Uh, from what you've told us, here's what I know: you're 26 years old. All right, you have not turned 27 since then, right? You're 26. Nope, still 26. 26. You're in the military. And quote, in your application, I have a somewhat closeted goal of being financially independent by 35. I say somewhat closeted because if I reveal that goal to 99.9% of people, I'm hit with all the reasons why that's impossible. And that's why I'm excited to talk to you. Okay. So, <laughs> well, let's get the ball rolling. All okay. All right. So you're in the military. What, what branch of the military? Sure. I'm in the Air Force. And I'm a first lieutenant, and I'll put on captain next summer. All right. So 
first of all, that's awesome. Second of all, I don't know any of the ranks of the military. Uh, that's okay. So, I'm a junior officer. Okay, very good. I am. I am. I'm none of those things. But I'm really excited uh, for for you. And at 26, to have a goal that just nine years later you want to be financially independent. Can you give me an idea specifically of what that means to you? Sure. And and I think, you know, the more I read about what early retirement or financially independent means, it, it differs for everyone. So for me, it's basically that I'm able to live off passive income. Um, and it, it allows me um, to, to have options. So what I want to work on now while I'm young is to set myself up because a lot can and, and hopefully will change in the next nine, ten years. Uh, right now I'm not married, no kids, um, and I may want to have a career change or I may want to stay at home for a few years or maybe just, you know, renegotiate really how I contribute to this world. And so I want to set myself up to be able to do that. I may continue, you know, working full-time and um, may still be in the military, but I don't want to take options away from myself. And so... And so that led me um, to really get into personal finance. Um, my, my first year in the military, um, I, I wasn't totally satisfied with my job. And since then, it's gotten a lot better. But I thought, you know, um, how can I set, set myself up to have the options? And so I'm really grateful for that, that first year because it motivated me um, to set myself up. So when you say passive income, I, of course, know what that means. Um, but it can also mean lots of different things to a, a lot of different people. Are you specifically speaking of income generated from your investments, or do you mean income generated from uh, rental properties? Or what sort of passive income do you see on the horizon for you? Sure. Maybe someday down the road I'll look into real estate. But for right now, I'm moving every two years, deploying, et cetera. So I'm not so much looking at rental properties, um, mainly talking about investments. Uh, right now, I just have an S&P 500 uh, fund and a couple of their Vanguard funds, where index funds really where all my money goes, um, and to live off that dividend, which would be, um, you know, if I had a million dollars at 35, that'd be about 20,000 a year. Um, and and while I do see myself getting out of the military at some point, um, I, I'd like to stay in the guard or the reserve. Uh, which would generate about $10,000 a year in income, um, as well as give me access to a low, low cost, you know, fairly decent quality health insurance. So how much do you have invested right now uh, with, it sounds like you're almost strictly a Vanguard in, investor right now. How much do you have set aside? Right. So right now I have um, about $70,000 and some of that is in uh, Vanguard or about, let's see, about 40000 is in Vanguard, and then I've got um, another 22000 in my TSP, which is like the government's 401k, um, and then I've just, the rest is just cash in a savings account. And then, so how much uh, do you put monthly towards your $70,000? Um, let us see. So savings, I put about 3500 away monthly. Okay. And so what, what, what I know is uh, your million-dollar day, the way I see it, uh, will be August 5th of 2028. Does that jibe with numbers that you've dealt with, uh, or is it different? Uh, that does seem about where I'm on track. I know that's um, kind of just working with what my income is now, and, and I'll get some pay raises in the future if I stay in the military, but they're fairly capped and fairly predictable. 
Um, so my income, you know, when I put on captain this next summer will go up um, and I'll be able to save, you know, $800 more. So, um, and then after that, the, the pay raises are, are, are smaller, I guess. But I, I do know that the million dollar a day can um, shorten uh, based on how much I save. So how are you going to make sure that uh, the majority of your assets, which are going to create this passive income for you, how can you make sure that too many of your assets aren't qualified money, meaning that it's locked up until you're 59 and a half? Is that why using the S&P 500 index fund is so important to you? Because if you build that up, it's a, it's a lot more liquid and, and there are no tax consequences? It is more liquid. I still have, you know, I still max out my TSP or, you know, the 18000 you can put in there. And I still do a Roth IRA. Okay. Um, um, and I just started doing the Roth IRA this past year. So maybe I'm putting too much into my retirement account where I, where I should be putting more so in the, the more um, liquid funds like Vanguard's index funds. Yeah, so that would be the one thing. I'm not worried about your situation. I mean, because the reality is, let's say, let's say you get to 35, and you've fallen short of your goal. You're still. It's not like this is do or die. Uh, you're in a right, right, amazing situation at age 35. And and very frankly, at age 26, to have seventy thousand dollars to your name, and I assume no debt or close to no debt. Uh, no debt. No debt. I had a car loan, but got not or not that last year. So that's ridiculous. I mean, you've got to be, and uh, this is, I could probably look it up, but I'm not going to. I would bet you're in the top one or 2% of people your age from a net worth perspective. Oh, well, that's, that's pretty cool. And, and here, I don't know those stats, but that's awesome. And I'm, I'm still a government employee at the end of the day. So, you know, and, that's all right. and so people are actually going to hate hearing this episode uh, because what's your, what's your income? What's your gross income? Sure. Um, so before taxes, it's about 70,000. Okay. So I guess, you know, knock out 20% of that and that's 50 something. Um, so I, I will say getting um, getting rid of my car, or I, I was able to save like thirty grand over my deployment, and um, I suppose you could say it's great because it was tax free, um, but it was also you know seven days a week, <laughs> uh, twelve hours a day, and so, but that but that did help me um, be able to to save more and, and knock out my debt. If I was in the military and transportation were an issue, I would just ride a motorcycle like Tom Cruise does in Top Gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean... Play beach volleyball, yep. How much beach volleyball do you play? Uh, not a lot, not a lot. Um, at my last base, there were a lot of fighter pilots there, and so, but we never had a we never had a sand volleyball court. I'll have to bring that up. It's kind of misleading, I suppose. I play a lot of sand volleyball uh, in my dreams, and I always do that, <laughs> that flex, you know, that, that famous flex. Right. And it... It doesn't come off the same in my dreams, even though they're my dreams. I'm disgusted and I wake up with no appetite. Um, so that's not good. All right. So um, is, I love your plan. What could derail your plan? Let, let's, let's, go the, sure. let's go that route. What, what could go wrong? Well, um, so lots of things could go wrong, and that's something, you know, I, I totally acknowledge. And, and, you know, if I keep working, it's not, it's not the end of the world. Or if I keep having to, you know, work you know, 50, 60 hour weeks, it's not the end of the world, but things that could go wrong. 
um, and, and I guess I shouldn't say wrong, um, but kids, you know, they, they cost money. Um, and, and, you know, I, obviously if I had kids, the ideal world is I'd have a spouse who was also employable. And so, um, so that would help mitigate some of those costs. Um, but, you know, if, if myself or, you know, maybe a future spouse or children had medical issues, that could derail the plan. Um, um, shoot, um, a, a huge downturn in the market could derail it. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, it's always ridiculous to ask anyone in the military about the word sacrifice because basically you're every day, you're sacrificing for everyone, not just yourself. But as you look at your lifestyle, do you view your decisions you're making now as personal sacrifices or have you gotten so accustomed to that lifestyle that it's just your lifestyle? It's not a sacrifice. Sure. I, and that's something I'm, I try to be conscious of because I don't want to ever just, you know, save money um, and become this miser and be afraid of spending. On, uh, spending. And so I, I do do a budget every month and I have for the past few years. And that's where, you know, at the beginning of the month, I'll look at it and say, what do I want to do? And, and every month I set aside money for a vacation fund um, or savings account. Every month I put money in my Out2E account, um, my, my entertainment fund, as well as my charity and giving. And I think, it, I think the giving part is, is a good part to have, you know, even with your savings, because I know I can spare the money um, and still reach my long-term goal. I feel like I live a, a very high-quality life. You know, it's not like I'm at home, you know, only watching Netflix as my entertainment and, and, you know, eating ramen, I feel like I live a pretty high quality life. So your friends from time to time will bust your chops about your audacious goals, but do they ever bust your chops about saying that you're cheap? Um, you know, I don't think so. And who knows what they say behind my back, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I have friends over for dinner a lot and, you know, we'll cook meals together and they get to take home a bunch of great leftovers or, um, you know, we go on hikes, I guess, rather than shopping sprees. And, um, you know, I, I love to shop, um, but I sort of stay away from all because I have a lot of great clothes that, um, you know, look great at home. And so I, I try to make sure that what I'm putting my money towards um, is aligns with what I value. And so being outdoors, exercising, spending time with friends, um, and, and giving money away towards causes I think are are, are great. Um, it, it's all things that I value. I never ask people in the military uh, what they do specifically. It's an inappropriate question, but I do have to say <laughs> if for some reason uh, you were working on a cloning device, I think we should clone you because oh, the decisions well, you're making are, thank you. they're, they're not unique to you. They don't feel, it, you are you. you. You can't see that what you're doing is unique, but trust me when I tell you, you're a really unique person from your decisions. I have to know, what was your childhood like financially when you were growing up? Like, w w tell me about your household. I, I got to know. Oh, sure. Well, um, I, when my parents hear this, I don't know. I may get some calls. But um, so I grew up in Indiana. I grew up on a cattle farm. And a lot of the things, when I look at how I grew up, um, they could have been, you know, in the 90s, um, which was my childhood, or it could have been, you know, the early 1900s. You really don't know the difference. <laughs> um, and it's not, you know, I don't think, um, I don't think the goal was ever to just 
save money, but we just did a lot of things outdoors. Um, you know, I we made we made up our games, we made our toys, we would um, make obstacle courses around the farm, and so I think that a, a, a large part of my childhood it was focused on being creative. Um, and you know, we never took lavish vacations, um, but we didn't really need to. I had, I have three other siblings, and and my parents always liked to you know, play with us, too. And we just had a great time um, being with each other. So maybe that shaped my outlook more than I think. But, um, but I, um, uh, yeah, I, it was simple, but it was fun. And I, you know, I'll listen to how other people describe their childhood. And, and it's a little different, but I don't, I never saw any, you know, I wouldn't say we were poor by any means, but we just didn't do things that required a lot of money. Were you in 4-H? I was a 10-year member of 4-H. I can, I can yeah. tell before I even asked. Like, yeah. I mean, you know what? And I was not in 4-H, and I had a lot of friends that were in 4-H. They're, the character of a person when they go through 4-H is so consistent. Um, I don't know if 4-H realizes that or not, but it's true. You just it, There's a way about someone that's just balanced, and it makes sense. Um, and I would also say, anecdotally, uh, in terms of farmers' kids, you know, um, also pretty consistent with with people's behavior and how they treat money, because farming's one of the hardest jobs in the world, and it's thankless. And you do it's it's I would describe it much in the way people in the military say, you know, uh, failure is not an option. As a farmer, failure is not you just do what you do, right? And and I think if if right. that's how you were raised, it makes a tremendous amount of sense of, of to all the financial stuff you've just told us. Well, great. I guess I, I'm glad I lived up to the expectations. <laughs> well, believe me, I am. I generally disappoint people, so that's good to hear. Um, <laughs> what else? What other questions? Like, I'm not worried about you. Like, I think your plan makes sense, even if it doesn't come to fruition at 35. I mean, I don't want to say who cares because I don't want to. But who cares? Right. I mean, you're in a great spot. So, what what else can I sort of maybe even lend an idea to? Anything else? Sure. Um, I guess when it comes to where I'm putting my money, right now it's in Vanguard um, in index funds. Is there a way, should I be looking for other avenues to put my money in or, um, you know, specific funds? I'm, what I look at is, you know, cost um, cost of the funds. And I, I really, you know, I'm in it for the long haul, so I'm really not concerned with, you know, volatility or risk in the short run because I know – you know, in the long haul, it's going to go up. Um, but is there is there anything I could be doing better or more efficient, or or things I should keep in mind over the next couple of years as I as I tuck more and more away? Yeah. So uh, I, generally, everything I say on this show is, is is fact. But at times when I have to offer my opinion, I do like to make it very clear that I'm offering an opinion. In this case, I am. I tend to think if you go the index fund passive investing route that you currently are going, you're going to be fine. And to overcomplicate it or to try to take on more risk, uh, you you do just that. You oftentimes pay more in fees to um, to to enter into the potential that that your your money's going to go backwards. That's not to suggest index funds always move forward. I mean, you know that. Um, right. But no, I can't imagine doing it any differently. I think. A, a Vanguard online account or however you do it is 
a great way for people to get started investing because it's super low cost um, and, it, and it just makes sense. Okay. Um, I, my, another question is, when should I look at getting a financial advisor or is there a certain amount I should have? Um, you know, I feel like I know a, a decent amount, at least kind of more than the average person about how to, you know, plan your finances. Um, but, but I'm not a, you know, a, a paid professional. And so is there, is there a time in your life when you should have one or, or what are your thoughts on, on getting a financial advisor? So there's two types of main financial advisors someone in your situation would look toward. They look towards a financial planner and, and, okay. an, and an investment advisor. So from okay. an investment advice standpoint, if you're going to go the passive Vanguard route that you're going, and that's how you think and that's how you act more specifically, I don't know if you need an investment advisor. Anyone that generally okay. goes the Vanguard route, you, you sort of take that idea out of your life for now. Now, okay. f- financial planning, you know, it's a little different because it gets into tax planning and insurance and, and all these other sort of things. I would also argue you specifically don't need one now, but if the age 35 goal gets real, uh, within a couple years of hitting 35, 30, maybe at age 32, 33, and that bec- is still important to you, then I would get someone involved to structurally help you tax-wise there. Okay. Uh, but other than that, I I wouldn't really change a thing you're doing. Like I, you're, it's, Your situation is fascinating to me because you figured <laughs> out that flexibility is what this is all about. Right. Right. Like by, by you doing what you're doing, you're creating a scenario later in which you're going to have choices and, and most people seal their fate and their fate is they don't get choices. And, and at 26 or obviously before 26, you figured that out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Great. Anything else? Uh, nothing else, Pete, but I really appreciate your advice and I'm glad, you know, I can look at it on paper and say it makes sense, but it's, it's wonderful to get a a guy who's been around the block a few times on this and get their advice so thank you so much and i'm honored to be on your show no it's my pleasure and as always thanks for your service uh we all all appreciate you Thank you. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money life, then hit us up at beatthepplanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. Beatthepplanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Release from Everest. The fresh is fresh. And you can call me E.T. Word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation it's amazing so amazing i'm the reason uh, salutations i bring you love trying greetings it's from a far away land i am the soul controller put the remote down and let me take control you're now a part of my zone so enjoy yourself love trying can restore your health i bring you greetings uh, salutations how you doing and is that how y'all say it the tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. 
out of this world spaceship on my arm took me home fueled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the skynet and the terminator i push faders into warp speed glide with ease creating a breeze they call a black hole event horizon no rear view concerns this i adjourn this i adjourn Salutations, I bring you love, Tron greetings from my far away land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?